This past Sunday here at Antioch Quincy, we uh, looked at John 12, uh, verses 20 through 36, and it kind of set the stage uh, for this week for us. Uh, And in that story, Jesus had just entered the city of Jerusalem. There's a huge festival going on, Passover week, uh, crowds of people gathering and, and celebrating. And a group of Greeks wanted to see Jesus, right? They asked, hey, can we see Jesus? Asked around. Um, and we talked about how Jesus' response uh, was to say to this request, can we, can we meet Jesus? And he says, well, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified, right? Which is a very much a non-answer. Uh, but then he goes on to describe what that means, that glorification, right? He says, uh, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains a single seed. But if that seed falls to the ground and dies, it will produce many seeds, right? And so he's telling us it's this, this week, right, that leads to his death. This is the hour of his glorification. So I don't mean to say that to belittle the ministry he had, the amazing teachings, the miracles, healings, casting out demons, all point to the glory of Jesus. And yet there's something about the events of this weekend that reveal the glory of Jesus. And so he doesn't want them to see him until they can truly see him for who he really is, which is what we're trying to do today. So that's been the lens through which I have gone through this week. And even tonight, looking at our passage is this, this hour of glorification of the one who lays down his life so that life can come to many. And we see this in some of his, even his interactions. Uh, Carrie Ann read the story of him talking with Pilate. And really, that's a debate about who has power, right? I mean, Pilate says, don't you know, I have power to take your life. I can give it to you. I can take it. And what does Jesus say? Whatever power you have has come from above. Right? You don't actually have power, Pilate, in and of yourself. Caesar doesn't have power in and of himself. It's only what is granted from heaven to accomplish the purposes of God. The hour of his glorification, right? Pilate has nothing to do with his glorification. Caesar has nothing to do with his glorification. And their means of glory, their means of crowning a king is so vastly different from Jesus, who took on a crown of thorns, his coronation ceremony held on a cross on a hill in some backwoods country. But it's true power. Because he's the king who lays down his life for his subjects. The seed who gets thrown to the ground to die so many seeds can have life. And some of his other, uh, some of his other moments, um, I love this one with his mother and with uh, the disciple John. Um, you know, Jesus says, here's your mother. Right? In other words, I'm leaving. Someone has to take care of her. And a part of what I love about this, by the way, it, it's, um, have you ever had somebody tell you or maybe felt this yourself of like, hey, don't bother God with your request of everyday life or the little things, right? God is too busy running the universe. So don't come to him with these other things or find a different. And here's Jesus, the eternal son of God, the king of kings, Lord of lords on a cross in the middle of literally saving the entire world. And he stops to make sure his mom has a place to stay and someone to take care of her. You can't see Jesus until you see him in these moments. Or even the words, I'm thirsty, which I've always wrestled with. Why is that, why is that there? 
And I've kind of think I've always thought, well, it's just a very human moment. You see those occasionally with Jesus, and that feels very human. But I just had this thought, literally this morning hit me. I was like, wait, this is really ironic. Because wasn't Jesus the one who, in this same gospel, the gospel of John, who told, who told the Samaritan woman and others, I'm going to give you water, and you will never thirst again. Living waters. That's what Jesus does. And yet, here he is saying, I am thirsty. But you see, it's the same logic as the seed that has to fall to the ground to die so that many seeds may live. He experienced thirst so that we may have the living waters that never run dry. You can't see Jesus apart from these moments. So as his life is ebbing away, the soldiers are casting lots for different things, and you think about the mission that he was sent on. And it, he, and I'll just stick with the Gospel of John. He talks about it in a number of different ways. I just mentioned one of them, of giving the waters of life. Or he's the bread of life. So we would never hunger. He's the light of the world, right? He came into a dark world to shine light so that we could become children of light. John 17, he came to give eternal life, which is knowing the Father and knowing the one he sent. Or if you want to go back to chapter 1, even John, uh, John the Baptist, his, his cousin, who says the words, he sees Jesus and says, Behold the Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world. And so as his life is, is, is leaving his body, he can say on the cross, It is finished. This phase of the mission is over. He is, in fact, the Lamb of God that came to take away the sins of the world. He is the light of the world. And that light shines on the cross. You can't see Jesus apart from these moments. He reveals the love of the Father. He reveals what true power is like. He reveals what a real king would do for his subjects. He is the seed who fell to the ground and died so that many seeds could have life. And there's so many other things we could pick out of this chapter. Different bits of fulfillment of promises of God that all culminate in this moment. And what we see, and it's, it's, it's ironic, that the one, as he is losing his life, he never loses control. This is all according to plan. The good plan of the Father and the Son and the Spirit who conspired together for our salvation before the history of the world. And he can say, it is finished. You just simply cannot see Jesus apart from these moments. So we're going to um, sing some more. I, actually, I do invite you to stand just in response again to this revelation of who he is and what it means to see Jesus rightly so that we can become children of God.